Hi, Rodney Jane here. With the holiday period over, Baked Beans Month is back at Bob Jane T-Marts. Buy three, get the fourth tyre absolutely free on selected Bridgestone, Yokohama and Goodyear tyres. Plus, up to $150 instant cashback on a range of Goodyear, Dunlop, BF Goodrich, Continental and Michelin tyres. Alloy wheels from only $125 and tyres from just $69. All with our best tyre price guarantee. We'll look after you. Taste and see supply. This is Parked Up Plus, the place of pace for motor racing news, powered by race fuels in association with Bob Jane T-Marts. From supercars to club racing, race fuels keeps Australian motorsport moving, supplying premium products when and where racers need them. And fueling the latest news and views is Parked Up Plus. Each week, multi-award winning journalist Mark Fogarty brings the big stories and talks to the big names. If it matters in motorsport, you'll hear it first, right here on Parked Up Plus. Coming up, Gen 3 Chaos continues. TCR World Tour close to deciding second of the event. Australia's best driver who isn't in supercars. And experts preview Formula One and IndyCar seasons coming up. All this and more straight ahead on Parked Up Plus. Here's folks. Hi there, race fans. Welcome to the 50th episode of Parked Up Plus. For almost a year now, we've been breaking big news and hearing from stars and experts. Parked Up Plus is Australia's fastest growing motorsport podcast. We'll continue to keep you informed every Monday with news and views you won't hear elsewhere. Also, what they don't want you to know, like the Gen 3 supercar Shamozzle, which just days away from the start of the season is still problem-plagued. Parts that don't work and key specifications yet to be finalised. And then there's the ongoing parity argument, which is delaying final homologation of the new Chevrolet Camaro and Ford Mustang. Make no mistake, teams are not happy as they scramble to be ready for the Newcastle 500. Most will barely have a basic kit of spares for each car at a street circuit where there is peril at almost every turn. Just 10 days out, the homologation and specifications of the Camaro and Mustang are still to be finalised. Parity concerns from Ford have prompted a last-minute mini VCAT, remeasuring engine response and aero performance. This 11th-hour straight-line trial with the Gen 3 Camaro and Mustang prototypes will be held this week at the Tamora Airfield in New South Wales' Riverina region. Along with late parity adjustments, the car's reduced minimum weight and centres of gravity are still to be finalised. As well, a fix for the wheel nut problems is still required. Vision for tall drivers, especially in the Tarup Top Camaro, is an issue leading to a relocation of windscreen signage. Gen 3 will just be ready for the Newcastle 500. 
unprecedented uncertainties about reliability and repairability will be tested around the unforgiving Newcastle Street track. Returning to the supercars calendar after a COVID-enforced two-year absence. So, it looks like it is indeed going to be an exciting start to the season with outsiders probably a good chance to upset the big teams. Australia's second round of the new TCR World Tour is close to being finalised. Night racing at Sydney Motorsport Park in early November is firming as the favourite to join the Bathurst International. We're hearing the New South Wales government is prepared to support back-to-back meetings at SMP and Mount Panorama featuring the TCR World Tour. Sandown and Phillip Island were leading candidates, but it now seems Victoria tourism authorities aren't willing to provide funding. A reported late bid by Queensland Raceway would also rely on state government backing. So, as it stands, racing under lights at SMP the week before the Bathurst International, locked in for November 10 to 12, is the likely outcome. Back-to-back defending S5000 Gold Star champion Joey Lawson is arguably the best driver not in supercars. Mawson dominated again at Simmons Plains over the weekend, just days after joining Premier Racing at the pre-season supercars test at SMP. That puts him in the frame for an enduro co-drive with Premier. Mawson told Grant Rowley that the test was a first step towards securing a place in supercars. The S5000 category has been a, a really great platform for me to establish my career back home um, and hopefully springboard towards an opportunity in supercars. Um, it's no secret that I'm currently trying to work towards getting an enduro drive. Um, so, um, you know, I, I got my first laps in Gem 3. It was really cool, really exciting. Um, Love the new Gem 3 car. I enjoy driving it more than the Gen 2. Um, the only real tricky thing is uh, trying to manage those tyres, those um, particularly with a lot less downforce. Unfortunately, I didn't get many laps. I did about eight laps in the wet and three laps in the dry. So I got a, a taster of the car, but the main difference is just how soft those car is, cars are and how much body roll there is. Um, obviously, there's a lot more art to driving them with um, having to manually downshift uh, with the gear stick. Um, but yeah, I'm really grateful from the opportunity from Premier for giving me my first laps, and um, I look forward to hopefully getting some more laps in Gen 3. Enduros first, that's the priority, just to uh, you know get one of those under your belt? Absolutely, yeah, that's definitely plan A. Um, you know, it's been great to see uh, Jimmy Golding being promoted into supercars from S5000, so I hope to be able to follow in his footsteps. Uh, and, like, the, the f- your future, what you'd like is is a full-time supercars driver. That's where you want to be. Absolutely, that's um, my main objective, yeah. Mawson's international junior pedigree demands attention from supercars teams. Earlier, we detailed the trials and tribulations of getting Gen 3 to Newcastle next week. One area that hasn't been a problem is tyres. Dunlop is sticking with the same hard, soft and super soft control rubber, plus a new softer compound wet weather tyre. The hards will only be used at the Australian Grand Prix as part of that event's mixed compound format. Everywhere else, 
it will be softs or super softs because the lighter weight and reduced downforce of the Gen 3 races decreases high-speed loads that used to dictate hards at, well, say, Mount Panorama. The standard Dunlop Max Sport hard compound will continue as the standard fit in Super 2 and Super 3. Increased mechanical grip and bigger low-down torque from the new V8s mean the Gen 3 races will require more delicate throttle application out of slower corners. Tight degradation of the softs and super softs in racing is still the big unknown. The minimum starting tyre pressure of 17 PSI remains. More after this. The Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast is all in the name. It's all motorsport. Focused on those who make significant contributions to the sport we love. Correct. Some people might only see a dozen motor racing events each year, but the truth is that our sport never stops. Almost every weekend there's a car race going on somewhere. And Gaz, you're at most of them. Ah, yes, and if I'm not there, you certainly are. And you'll hear from us on the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast every fortnight. You're listening to Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty. Welcome back. Just a month to go to the Formula One Australian Grand Prix at Albert Park. Formula One starts this weekend at Bahrain, following a three-day test in the desert last week. Veteran Formula One journalist Joe Sayward has seen it all before and says that, as usual, testing is no real guide at all. At the moment, people are trying very hard, as usual, to hide whatever they want to hide, uh, and they uh, they just don't want to give away too much. So um, th- they'll be doing lap times where they slow down in funny places and stuff like that, and they'll be running with different weights, and and the tyre situation is difficult to read. And so really the only thing you can do um, is look at the body language, um, and it's not really worth traveling halfway around the world to look at someone's body language to be honest so um you know they and in, in any press conferences and stuff they just blather forth platitudes so it's really a bit of a waste of time obviously not for them because they're learning a lot but um in terms of what we can judge from it i think we can say look the rules haven't changed that much since last year um the engines are frozen and they can't do an awful lot more with the cars so at the end of the day, the pecking order will probably remain a little bit the same, apart from the fact we'll have a few um, wild cards in there. One is uh, the Aston Martin, because they've spent a lot of time working on a new car, effectively, because last year's one was sort of half-assed. Um, and and I think also there's a couple of others who would have put in a little bit more effort because they have more money. Uh, there's Haas and there's Williams. And at the same time, you have people going the other way, probably um, going downhill as opposed to going uphill. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but I have a feeling McLaren is not going to be as good as it has been. Um, Don't know why I have that feeling, but I do. Um, Alfa Romeo, they set the fastest time yesterday with Grand New Joe, but I don't think that means an awful lot. They had a good car last year. They didn't use it particularly well, but they did have a good car. So, But I think what we'll find is that the, the 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 pattern is probably a little bit the same, but things are so tight in the midfield that that can make a big difference. Um, you know, because there's literally hundreds of seconds between the uh, 
the, the midfield pack. So you can be one day you can be eighth and one day you can be 20th, um, which makes it exciting. So it adds that there's no real reason to think it won't be Red Bull Racing versus Ferrari yet again. Ferrari's an interesting one because obviously they changed the team principal and they're changing people in the team now. Um, and, you know, they're trying to sort of iron out all the problems they had last year. Fundamentally, they had a very quick car last year, but they kept using it badly. Um, and it had a lot of reliability problems as well. Um, and I think fundamentally, um, they, they had very good uh, power in qualifying, but they weren't so good in the races. The Red Bull tended to be better in the races. And I think that pattern may alter a little bit because obviously Ferrari would have been working not just on reliability, but on trying to improve the power in the races and Red Bull, uh, vice versa, will have been uh, trying to improve the power in qualifying. So um, as to who's ahead, I don't know. Um, as to whether it'll be Max versus Charles, that's most likely. But um, Carlos is always in there somewhere. Although, you know, ultimately on a quick lap, I think Charles is, Charles is quicker than than uh, Carlos, but Carlos is still in the race. Perez will be kicking around somewhere, um, but he's not in the same league as Max. Um, and we don't really know where Mercedes is at the moment. They were getting quite close towards the end of last year. Um, and I think logically they should be closer. And again, Alpine, we're not sure about them too, but they should be better as well. So this is why I say we can't really say what's going on because, you know, one day you'll get, you'll get uh, an Alfa Romeo fastest. Next day you'll get Max fastest. I have a vague suspicion that Red Bull will do very well. But um, Ferrari, I don't know. We'll have to see how that all pans out. It may turn into one of those sort of Ferrari debacles where everything blows up. It might not, but um, we'll have to see. There was a lot of chat from Bahrain that Aston Martin and Fernando Alonso could be the dark horses. It could be, but it's also got the makings of trouble because Alonso's an interesting uh, lively character and Lawrence Stroll the boss of Aston Martin is also a really lively character and I think the, the the pair of them together could produce some fireworks particularly if um, the boss's son gets beaten by the star driver because the, the the fundamental purpose of Aston Martin it seems to me was certainly started out not to sell road cars but to um, promote Lance Stroll's career so um, it's a bit interesting to see what happens. But Lance is out at the moment because he fell off his bike. Um, and uh, it, rather a strange scenario. They don't want to say what's wrong with him, which which is a very odd thing to be doing because obviously as, if you don't say what's happening, everyone speculates like crazy. But as far as I can tell, he seems to have done something to a wrist. And if you've done something to your wrist, that's, you know, you're not going to be ready in time for the first race. So we could see, we could see Felipe Dragovic who is the Aston Martin reserve driver uh, racing uh, in the first race and maybe even more than the first race. Cause it takes, you know, if you break your wrist, even if you bolt it together with titanium or whatever, um, it's still quite difficult to, to drive formula one cars cause they're quite bouncy and nasty. I mean, you can break worse things, you know, you break your collarbone. That's probably the worst thing. Cause you've got to have a seatbelt over your collarbone, which isn't nice at all. Um, but we'll have to see what happens. But at the moment, Lance is out of action. So he's sort of starting behind the, uh, uh, a little bit further behind Fernando Alonso than he normally would be. Um, but I think, you know, while Lance is, has got moments when he's very quick, he's also not as quick as Fernando in the overall scheme of things. So I think it'll be interesting to see how they do. But they've, you know, in, in principle, they'll have a, a decent car, yes. 
McLaren looks to be struggling already, which makes you wonder if Australia's new hope, Oscar Piastri, made the right decision. Joe Sayward is confident that Piastri will rise to the pressure and the challenge. No, I think he's one of the he's one of the um, most impressive young drivers I've seen for years, and he's very calm and cool, and he's got it all together. He's up against Lando Norris, who's been there for a, I can't even remember how many years now, but he's been there quite a long time. So his feet are firmly under the table. So you know, if Oscar can get it even close to Lando in the first year, it'll be very impressive. But I don't think he's going. You know, he's just incredibly sorted out and strong in his head and that's what i like about him he's obviously a talented driver as well but at formula one they're all talented drivers it's all about what's in your head after that and you know he seems to have all the elements you need to be a world champion in the future which is why i think you know people have been so excited about him because he is just a solid solid player now we'll see how he develops but right now and given his age as well i mean you know it's quite remarkable not as remarkable, perhaps, as Max Verstappen was, but, you know, it, nonetheless, there's there's a whole bunch of very good drivers at the moment. In fact, I'd, I'd go as far as to say that we've never had Formula One with such a high level of driving ability. There's almost nobody in the field now who shouldn't be there. You can find Joe Sayward's unique view of Formula One at joeblogsf1.com and grandprixplus.com. He'll also be holding his popular audience with Joe evening with fans on the Friday night before the AGP in St Kilda. Tickets are still available. Go to his website for details. Sayward is an F1 oracle and he has a lot more to say looking ahead to this record 23 race season. And you'll hear the full interview in Grant Rowley's Parked Up on Thursday. It's worth a listen. Formula One will be live and ad-free on Fox Sports with delayed highlights on Channel 10. This weekend is also the start of the IndyCar series in the United States, starring Aussie defending champion Will Power and former supercar star Scott McLaughlin. The first race is the St. Petersburg Grand Prix, which McLaughlin won last year, catapulting him to IndyCar stardom. Detroit-based expat Aussie journo Mike Brudenell tells Parked Up Plus that Scotty is a genuine title contender. Yeah, it's going to be a very big year at IndyCar and um, uh, the fields are deep. The racing uh, 17 race uh, season and Scotty, third year in the series, full season. I think he thinks he must win the championship this year, folks. Can he? Will he? Um, you know what? Uh, I'd like to think he could. He, he certainly got the right right mindset, and uh, he's a very hard racer, as you know. Um, but you know, this is a this is a deeper field than Formula One. Probably deeper than um, you know any other race series right now in the world. So he's going to have a heap of very good drivers uh, against him, including Penske teammates, um, Will Power, defending champ, great Aussie driver, 
and also Joseph Newgarden. I mean, both those guys could, you know, win the, you know, win the championship, which would be Will's third if he does as defending champion this year. So even within his own team, it's going to be very tough. So you think Will Power is still a big chance to win another Absolutely. title, even though, I mean, you know, yeah, getting 42. long. In the mm. <laughs> 42 or 43, you know, and but Will is such a strange beast. Um, he, you know, he, he the harder it gets, he gets harder, even though there are mistakes and things uh, that come up. I mean, he could have won two or three more, as you know, but uh, don't count willpower out because he has a, a mindset that he still is good if not better than he was 10 years ago and what about the other kiwi scotty that's dixon going for a record equaling seventh title scotty dixon is just a superb driver but i think he may have reached that age where can he get better? He's got remarkable skills and he's got remarkable uh, tenacity and and he's smart and, and he's smooth. But, uh, you know, I'd like, I'd like to say Scott Dix, Dixon could win a seventh uh, title and, and, and move in there with AJ Foyt as the leader in, in the series uh, with titles. But uh, I, I think it's going to be tough on him and he's got some tough, you know, uh, teammates around him who want to do well. So um, I think we may have seen the best of Scott. Hate to say it. You know, uh, he, he's, uh, he, he's a great Kiwi, great guy. But I think we probably, you know, have seen like uh, Jimmy Johnson in NASCAR. He's back doing sort of a you know a series full-time series this year but i don't think he, he could win another title i don't think he could go to uh, an eight title um champion i think you know seven times is about as much as we'll ever see with jimmy and i think perhaps six is as much as we'll see with uh, scott as brutal notes power dixon and mclaughlin are among many contenders in a wide open field i mean look look You've got at Andretti, you've got uh, Gross Jean, you've got Herder, and you've got Alex Pillow. I mean, that's a very strong team. At Chip Ganassi Racing, we have, of course, Scott, but you've got Marcus Ericsson and Alex Pillow. I mean, those guys are young, fast, and, and, and very uh, hungry for, for wins and titles. You go to Arrow, McLaren, uh, I mean, that's a super team now with uh, Pato Award and, and Felix uh, Rosenquist and Alexander Rossi. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of drivers. And, I, and I'm only naming, you know, top teams now because there are a slew of other teams, you know, that uh, have got a, a, a real chance of winning and winning, um, you know, more than one race. The other Antipodean in the IndyCar series field will be promising New Zealander Marcus Armstrong in a fourth Chip Ganassi racing entry. Watch the IndyCar series live and ad-free on Stan Sport. And you'll hear more from Mike Brudenell in Parked Up on Thursday, including his local take 
on the Detroit Grand Prix's return to the downtown streets of the Motor City. Back after this important message. Race Fuels is Australia's leading supplier of racing fuel to national and state-level motorsport. And its range of racing fuels includes the BP Supercars E85, which is available to grassroots races. For power and protection over pump fuel, Race Fuels imports the Elf Race 102, as used by Porsche Carrera Cup and the Touring Car Masters. More info on Race Fuels E85 and Elf Race 102 is available at racefuels.com.au. You're listening to Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty. And we're on the run to the chequered flag. A big weekend in racing, headlined by Race Tasmania, kicking off the Shannon Speed Series. Here's Grant Rowley with his roundup of all the action here and overseas, thanks to our partner, Bob Jane Tima. The opening round of the Shannon Speed Series has been run and won, and there were some big winners and big losers from the four national categories that ventured to the Apple Isle. In TCR Australia, Bailey Sweeney steered his Hyundai i30N to two race wins, with Aaron Cameron taking the reverse grid race. Sweeney was too good for the field, but his level of success may have been different if not for a driveshaft failure that ruled out both of the new-spec Audi RS3s of Will Brown and Zach Suter. Brown was clearly the fastest at Simmons Plains, but the only points he brought back to the mainland were those that he collected for his pole position. Reigning TCR champion Tony Delberto was at his consistent best, taking two second-place finishes and he might have been on for a win, only for a gearbox glitch that cost him the race three victory. Notable mentions also go to Cody Garland and Lachlan Maneef, who took their maiden TCR podium finishes. In Trans Am, James Moffat claimed all three race wins, but it was 19-year-old James Simpson who stole the headlines with a spectacular rollover on the front straight. Simpson collided with Ben Grice, who after taking pole and leading race two, broke his gearbox and was limping on the outside of the front straight. Unsighted, Simpson collected the rear of Grice's all-American driveline Mustang and flipped on the front straight. That's James Simpson. What has happened there? That's huge. He's hit Grice and it's going to pull the red straight away. That audio thanks to Stan Sport. In S5000, Joey Mawson got his title defence off to the perfect start, claiming all three race wins. He was forced to work hard for the final victory, putting a brave move on Cooper Webster to take the win as he attempts to win three Gold Star crowns in a row. Joey Mawson, what a start to your S5000 campaign. Thank you very much. It's, um, yeah, couldn't have asked for really a better weekend. Um, you know, clean sweep, big testament to the great job by the Team 88, by Team BRM boys. Um, so, yeah, we just had great speed and we were able to maximise the race. Obviously, the last race was trickier having to come through, but, um, yeah, just uh, really, really overwhelmed with uh, the good weekend that we had. I think you'll agree that the quality of the field that you've got with the guys behind, it's its really there this year, the best we've probably seen. Absolutely, yeah. This weekend was probably the strongest field we've had since uh, the Grand Prix. Um, so, you know, you've got people like Jimmy Golding, Internationals, Roberto Merry, uh, Cooper Webster and Aaron, young Aaron Cameron, who are all capable of winning on their day. So to be able to have um, such a strong result against, you know, the toughest competition, um, I couldn't have really asked for a better start to the season. 
Meanwhile, in the ever-popular Touring Car Masters, Ryan Hansford, Stephen Johnson and John Bow all took race victories. The Shannon Speed Series next heads to Mount Panorama in April for the high-tech oil's Bathurst six-hour over the Easter weekend. TCR and Trans Am's next events will be held at Phillip Island in May. Speaking of Phillip Island, the opening round of the Australian Superbike Championship was held at the famous Grand Prix venue over the weekend. And it was all about Josh Waters, who claimed all three wins aboard his Ducati. Overseas now, and it was Kyle Busch who took victory in NASCAR at Fontana. It was ultimately a clean sweep for the Chevrolet Camaros, with Chase Elliott, Ross Chastain and Daniel Suarez claiming all top four places for GM. In Formula E, Antonio Felix da Costa pulled off a wild overtake on Jean-Éric Vinay to claim his first Formula E victory of the year in South Africa. And after three days of pre-season F1 testing at Bahrain, Red Bull Sergio Perez was fastest, three-tenths ahead of Mercedes champion Lewis Hamilton and the Alfa Romeo Sauber of Valtteri Bottas. Australian Oscar Piastri ended the three days in 16th place. That's the on-track news from Australia and around the world. I'm Grant Rowley, reporting for Parked Up Plus, with thanks to our friends at Bob Jane Team Arts. Thanks, Grant. Finally, we remember world water speed record holder Ken Warby, who died last week, aged 83. Warby set the water speed record at 511 kilometres per hour in his homemade jet-powered Spirit of Australia hydroplane on Blowering Dam in New South Wales Snowy Mountains in October 1978. And that record still stands. Warby also raced jet-powered dragsters in the 1980s. His son David had been working with him on a new water speed record challenger, Aussie Spirit, for several years. Ken Warby was a quintessential Aussie battler hero who overcame the odds with bravery and legendary improvisation. Our condolences to his family and friends. That's it for now. Back next week with the latest news and views on what's happening in motorsport. In the meantime, tune in to Parked Up with Grant Rowley on Thursday for more insight into what's going on in racing. And don't forget Network R's other must-listen podcasts. Tanea McLeod and Priya Richards present Girls on the Grid each Monday and every second Friday. Gary O'Brien and Darren Smith host the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Show. This has been Parked Up Plus, where you hear the big news from the big names every week. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to another Network R production.